A variation of the assumption close is the alternate close, which I love to use on my secondary ask. For example, if I give my top offering and the client can't afford my top offering and I offer a lesser product for a lesser value, I would come back and say, now we can start off with this or you can start off with the first package, which would be easier for you. Again, this is an assumption close. It's beautiful. It works at a high percentage and it's easy, easy to use. There is no other close to use on an initial close than your assumption close. Now, not assuming blows sales. It is the only technique you should ever use on an initial close. There is no other initial close you should ever use. Whenever I miss sales, it was because I did not assume the sale. I'm going to tell you about this story, and this is really something anybody could do. Now, I'd been in sales for years, and I was selling natural gas to corporations. This was early days of deregulation of the natural gas market in Ontario. And I had a call at PepsiCo. They were a large user. They had their Pepsi bottling plant. And they also owned the Pizza Huts and Kentucky Fried Chickens. So they used a lot of gas. They used at that time about a quarter million dollars of gas back in 1990. So it was a large account and we made a good margin on that. It was a big deal. I went into PepsiCo and I dealt with the VP and he was a professional guy and it was a little bit intimidating. I went in there and felt everything was going fine. This is going really smoothly. I'm going to get this deal. Had lots of third party, showed him all the other people that had gone ahead with our company and all the money they were saving. And I was sure I had him. So when I got to the end of the sale, I figured, oh, this is a professional order. So I think I can just say, so would you like to go ahead with it? And I got the unprofessional answer that I was looking for, which was, I want to think about it. And I knew I had choked at the close. See, assumption also has to do with your body language and staying calm right at the moment. So if you're talking faster than normal throughout your presentation and you get to the close, now you need to slow down a little bit and you need to break eye contact. And the reason you break eye contact is because you're not there to stare someone down. Selling shouldn't be intimidating. It should be humble and with ease. So you don't stare someone down. Do you want to go ahead with it? You break eye contact so you're not intimidating and the correct spelling of your name is or the legal name of your corporation is and you start to fill out the form or start to type into the computer depending on whether you're taking the order by hand or electronically. So again, this is your perfect close. You need to keep your body still. You need to be calm and you can't talk past the close. There's a rule in selling. It's called quit drilling. You've struck oil. Don't talk past the close. The customer, the prospect can sense that you're nervous. If it gets to the close and you keep yapping and yapping and yapping, you know, what's wrong with this person? Obviously, there must be something wrong with their product if they can't get to the close. Don't be afraid to close. People like to buy. This is the part of the sales presentation that gets people excited. I've often had to close early because I could see the person was short of time. And as a matter of fact, that's when people start to get excited. Now, I always recommend doing your full presentation first. I never recommend shortcutting your presentation. But people get excited about buying things. They just don't want to hear about the benefits. They want to own it now. If you sold it properly, they want to do it. They want to go ahead with you. So let's just assume it properly. Body language stays still. You break eye contact. 
and you start to write or you start to type. Very, very simple. Now, after missing PepsiCo, I was disappointed. And I'm driving back in my car and I'm beating myself up. And that's a form of missing sales and taking responsibility, which we're going to talk about. That's one of the fundamentals of sales and earnings growth, which we're going to talk about very shortly. But I was beating myself up. I was mainly saying, I'm never going to do that again. I don't care where I go. I'm never going to do that again. Now, I was in a subsequent business at the same time. We had a long distance business, long distance and deregulated around the same time as natural gas. And I got an appointment into the Toronto Stock Exchange. Very large long distance user and a very intimidating boardroom. All the way to this presentation, I was saying to myself, I'm not going to choke at the close. I'm not going to choke at the close. I'm not going to choke at the close. Because at PepsiCo, I had choked at the close. So I get to Toronto Stock Exchange and it was more intimidating than PepsiCo. It was a big oak paneled room. And I was in there with the VP or the controller. I can't remember what her title was, but I did the presentation and I got to the end of the presentation and I broke eye contact and I said, the legal name of your corporation is, and she gave it to me. I started to fill out the form. Now I did get one objection. She said to me, well, I have to take this to the board. And I don't know if she really needed to take it to the board or not. It's just that I broke eye contact so smoothly and started to write. She was shocked that she was going ahead with it. And she said, said, whoa. So she said, I need to take this to the board. Now, how do you handle that? I'm going to tell you how you handle this. First of all, you don't handle this by talking your way out. Closing is a time for action. So here's what I did exactly. Remember this. The next time you get the common objection, I need to talk to someone. You want to overcome it easily. What I did with this right away is I said, that's fine. And you don't show any form of negative body language when you're getting an objection. As soon as you show negative body language, the customer immediately knows that you are selling for the money and not for them. And they feel, oh, they've given up. They don't really want me to take this all that badly. They must not really care about me. So you never show negative body language when you get an objection. So she says to me, I got to take this to the board. I said, no problem. Water off a duck's back. No problem. And I wrote on the bottom of the contract, I wrote based on board approval. And I initialed it and I handed it to her and I said, could you initial this please? And she initialed it and I continued to fill it out. And I said, and when is the board meeting? And she said, oh, it should be sometime in the next 10 days. So I said, so if I write 15 days here, will that be okay for you? And she said, fine. So I said, based on board approval, we'll go ahead after 15 days. After 15 days, we phoned for the install. No problem. We went ahead. I really believe in my own mind, there was never any board meeting about this. They ended up saving money on their long distance. She was happy. I got the deal. I was happy. And I learned, doesn't matter how professional the situation seems. If you don't assume the sale, you will not get that sale. If you want to get that sale, you need to assume the sale. What if they stop you? So what if they stop you? That's normal when you start to assume the sale that 50%, 60% will stop you and give you a minor objection. Some will give you a major objection. That's normal. So what? You waste a piece of paper or you had to type, you're going to get a little bit of carpal tunnel syndrome? I don't think so, okay, because you got to type a little bit more. You handle the objection and you move on. But you have to start your action with breaking eye contact and writing the order. If you're over the telephone, you simply assume the sale exactly the same way. The correct spelling of your name is, and you start to type it in. 
Now, there's a real, real simple secret of relieving the pressure right at this moment. This is so precise. This is so advanced. When you do this, you are going to be unbelievable in your closing percentage when you start to do this. This is amazing. And I can only tell you this because I've closed so many times and I've booked so many appointments. And the reason that I can teach you this better than anyone is because I've knocked on doors for so much. Most people do not knock on doors as much as I've knocked on doors no matter what. Most people would not make enough money. They'd give up too easily or they just wouldn't like it anymore. I really didn't mind it. For me, being a sales trainer, it's such an excellent experience for me to have gone through because of the fact that when I'm booking an appointment at the door, it's a mini sale. So if the average person does three, four, five, six presentations a day, I'm doing 20 presentations a day, maybe to book 10 appointments where six of them come through. So I'm doing 20 mini presentations a day. So I have to do 20 mini closes. Doesn't matter if you're booking an appointment or closing a sale, you still have to break eye contact and assume the order. You're now assuming the order when you're making the appointment of getting the appointment. The thing is, is that doing this teaches you that if you don't do it, you're not going to get the sale and you have to do it perfectly. Now, right at that moment where you break eye contact, there's going to be a little thing. Are they going to go ahead with this or not? And there's a little bit of tension right when you ask them for their correct spelling of their name or their social insurance number or their credit card number or whatever it is you're asking for them at that point in time. I like spelling of name best because it's a soft close, better than asking for a credit card. Social insurance number was good whenever I was selling a product that was financed because we would need the social insurance or the social security in the U.S. to do a credit check. So it's great to do that in the water filter business when I was closing we had a six month deferred plan and a lot of furniture companies have that and car companies have that where you don't make a payment for six months or a year or a year and a half and of course to qualify they have to have good credit so I would say to qualify I need your social insurance number and I get into that later under closing but the thing is is when you ask for the social insurance number or you ask for the correct spelling of the name key thing at this point in time is you got to get back to rapport. You want the tension to go away because right at that moment, there's a little bit of tension, right? When you say, and the correct spelling of your name is, and you start to write. So as soon as they start to give their name, for example, if I was giving my name, Mulcahy, I would say, oh, is that, it's obviously an Irish name. I would say, oh, is that Irish? And they would say, yes. Oh, have you been to Ireland? I would start my rapport right away right as soon as I've assumed the sale, because right at that moment, that's when there's a little bit of tension. You want to get rid of that tension and get back to rapport. You've assumed it. They've given your name. All's good. You're getting the order and you're back to rapport. That little simple technique, again, will really increase your closing percentage. It's a magical little technique. You've got to use it. It's